0: You're listening to The Preaching Podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Kobernack. It is our desire that you will be helped by this Bible message.
1: Ruth chapter number one, we'll begin reading in verse number 14 down through verse number 18. The Bible says, and they lifted up their voice and wept again, and Orpah kissed her mother-in-law, But Ruth clave unto her. And she said, Behold, thy sister-in-law is gone back unto her people. And unto her gods return thou after thy sister-in-law. And Ruth said, Entreat me not to leave thee, or to return from following after thee. For whither thou goest, I will go. And where thou lodgest, I will lodge. Thy people shall be my people, and thy God my God. Where thou diest, will I die, and there will I be buried. The Lord do so to me, and more also, if aught but death part thee and me. And verse 18, and when she saw uh, that she was steadfastly minded to go with her, then she left speaking unto her. Amen. And the book of Ruth uh, is an amazing
0: book. I look back in my records, and I preached from the book of Ruth. I kind of did an overview in 2019. And uh, then back in 2014, I preached. But it's been several years since I've preached from the book of Ruth. Uh, A little over a week ago at the wedding, I did the scripture reading from Ruth chapter 1. And as I was preparing for that scripture reading... Uh, I started to feel like preaching, but I didn't think that'd be a good idea to do during the wedding, to start preaching a 30-minute message. So uh, we're going to get it today, and I hope it'll be a blessing to you from the book of Ruth. Lord, please speak to us and give us what we need from this passage. Uh, Lord, it is my desire to follow you. Uh, That's my desire for my wife and for my children. Uh, That's my desire for this church, and I pray that we would follow you. Lord, as we see Ruth and her example of following her mother-in-law, I pray that we would have a determination to follow our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And I pray we'd have a commitment that is even greater. I pray we'd have a love that is even stronger for our Savior. And thank you for this example. Thank you for this truth in the book of Ruth chapter 1. I pray you'd speak to us and help us today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for standing. You may be seated. I'd like to preach uh, from this passage. And I've got an introduction I'll give you, but just so you know where we're going... I'd like to preach to us this morning a message entitled, Make Up Your Mind. You know, I think for Christians, I think we need to make up our minds. I think we need to make some decisions, and then I think we need to say, I'm going to stick with that decision. Uh, If it's right to serve God, then just keep on serving God. If it's right to, to follow God, then just keep on following God. Verse number 16, Ruth said, Entreat me not to leave thee. She said, Naomi, don't try to talk me out of it. Don't try to get me discouraged. Don't try to convince me. Otherwise, I am going to follow you. She said, don't entreat me to leave thee or to return from following after thee. Verse number 18. When she, that is Naomi, saw that she, Ruth, was steadfastly minded to go with her, Then she left speaking unto her. You know what Naomi saw? Naomi saw that Ruth had made up her mind. She was not going to turn back. And I hope this morning, I hope there's a whole crowd of people here at Victory Baptist Church that'll make that decision to follow Jesus and we're not turning back. Those that are watching the service online, I hope you'll make that decision today. I'm going to make up my mind. I'm going to follow Jesus, no turning back. Those on the radio this morning, those that are listening locally, those in other areas, you may be listening to the radio broadcast. I want to tell you this. You need to make up your mind today and decide that you're going to follow Jesus. You see, you can't sit on the fence forever. You can't play both sides of the, of the, of the, of the road. You've got to make up your mind you're going to follow Jesus. In this passage, by way of introduction, we see there are some uh, family. There are several main characters in Ruth chapter 1. There's a husband. His name is Elimelech. There is a wife. Her name is Naomi. They have two sons, Malon and Chilion, and they are in a place called Bethlehem-Judah. Now, Bethlehem, Judah, uh, the name literally means the house of bread and praise. That was the place where God's people were. That was the place of God's blessing. That was the place of God's provision. And I want to tell you, I know that the church is not Bethlehem, Judah. I understand that. But there are some similarities. And I think the church house ought to be a a house of bread and praise. You say, well, when are we eating? Well, we're not eating today here at the church. We'll eat after church somewhere. But here's the bread right here. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. This church needs to always be a church that preaches the word of God. This needs to be a church where people come and they hear not man's opinion, not man's ideas, not man's philosophy, but they hear the word of God. Jesus said, I am the bread of life and we need the bread. But you know what else we need at church? We need to praise. We need to praise God. Well, I hope when you leave out, I hope you can say, I have praised God today. I have praised Him in my song. I have praised Him in my worship. I have praised Him in my life. I have praised Him in my heart. I hope that when you come to church, I hope you're not ashamed to praise the Lord. And by the way, that's why I love to hear you sing. And that's why we don't just have the choir singing. We don't just have special music, but we have congregational singing. It's a chance for all of us to lift up our voice and worship the Lord. I hope you got a song in your heart. I hope you have a a praise that's coming out that you just can't hold it back. You gotta praise the Lord. But Bethlehem Judah was the house of bread and praise. And Elimelech and Naomi and their two sons, they left the house of bread and praise to go to a place called Moab. Now, Moab in the Bible is, a, is a, a place where the heathen lived. It was a heathen nation. But the name Moab, it means a wash pot. You say, what's a wash pot? Well, when you're washing the dishes and you got a bunch of dirty dishes, you got a bunch of nasty stuff in there and you have all that water that is left in the sink. You know what you do when you're done with that? You don't, get, you don't save it. You certainly don't scoop a cup in there and say, oh, this looks good. I think I'll take a drink of this. Oh, hey, I think I'll serve this for the next meal. No, you know what you do? You get rid of it. You toss it. It is trash. It is garbage. It is nothing that is fit for a person to consume. Well, I want to tell you, this old world, has got a lot of trash that is not fit for a Christian to consume. God's people have no business being out in the world. Yes, we are in this world, but we're not of this world. Yes, God has sent us to be a light, but God has not sent us to reach the world by being like the world. You don't reach people by sinning with them. You reach them by being different. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. But we see in this passage that this family, they leave Bethlehem, Judah, because of a famine. And they left the place that God had for them. And they go to Moab. And the Bible says they go there to sojourn. Now, the word sojourn, it means that they weren't planning to stay. They were just going for a visit. Well, the Bible says they sojourned. And then the Bible tells us that they settled down. And the next thing you know, they stayed. They were there for 10 years. Years. Isn't it amazing how quickly 10 years can go by? My wife and I have been talking a lot about this recently because we've been here now going on 10 years and we love it. We thank the Lord for it. By the way, it doesn't seem like 10 years, it just seems like it was just yesterday. We th- I often talk about Lacey and Savannah. When we came here, they were two and a half, they are 11 years old. What happened? How did they grow up so fast? How did your kids grow up so fast? How did your grandchildren grow up so fast? How did we grow up? How did that happen? Can I tell you, 10 years goes by fast. That's why you don't want to spend a moment outside of the will of God. That's why you don't want to get away from God because the years have a way of slipping by and the years go by so quickly. And you may say, I'm going to get out of church for a month or I'm going to get out of church for two months or I'm going to take a break from serving God. And the next thing you know, you'll wake up and 10 years later, you will say, what happened and if you're here today and that's your situation or you're listening today I got good news for you the story doesn't end in Moab hallelujah Naomi came home Naomi got right with God she not only got right with God but she brought Ruth with her and I want to tell you there is still forgiveness and there is still hope and God can still use you and Jesus opens his arms and says come home and you don't have to stay in Moab but Naomi And her family, they spent 10 years in Moab, away from the place that God had for them. While they were in Moab, Elimelech died. Her husband died. Her two sons died, Malon and Chilion. Now Naomi is left in Moab with her two daughters-in-law, and she decides to go back to Bethlehem, Judah. I want you to notice with me in uh, verse number uh, 13 a verse number 14 and they lifted up their voice and wept again and orpah kissed her a mother-in-law But ruth clave unto her Naomi's going back and orpah says goodbye, but ruth says i'm going with you You say well, why were they going back because they were in Moab, And they heard about how good it was back home in bethlehem judah Friend, I want to tell you when people get away from god The holy spirit can still work and God can still work, but God might use you. It might be the things you say. It may be the, the, the praises that you give. It may be the, the thanksgiving that you give to God. God may use you to get somebody to come back to God. I will tell you this. When people do get away from God, that's not the time to kick them. That's not the time to knock them down further. That's not the time to say, oh, I always knew that was going to happen. No, that's the time to pray for them. That's the time to have your arms open. So when they do come home, they are welcomed home. But we see that this family, they got away and for 10 years they were in Moab. They sojourned, they settled down, they stayed. But we see in verses 19 through 21 that Naomi's coming back. And it says they too went until they came to Bethlehem. And it came to pass when they were come to Bethlehem that all the city was moved about them. And they said, is this Naomi? I love this. When Naomi came back, you know what the people were doing? She's home. This is wonderful. This is great. Hey, hey, everybody, come on over. Naomi's back. Oh, man, we've missed her. We're glad. And that's the way it ought to be when somebody gets away from God, that when they come home, they are welcomed home. See, sometimes the devil will tell you if you get away from God, people will say, oh, what are you doing? Where have you been? But that's not the way a Christian ought to treat someone who's coming home. We ought to have our arms open because except for the grace of God, that could be us. That could be our children. That could be our family. And friend, when somebody comes home, we rejoice. Just like the prodigal son, when he came back, the father didn't get on his case. The father didn't criticize. The father ran to meet him with his arms open. And it was a day of rejoicing. Naomi comes back, and the people are so thrilled that she's back. They were moved, the Bible says. They were excited that she was back. And then I like this. They said, is this Naomi? Now think about this. It's been 10 years. Naomi and her family left because of a famine in Bethlehem, Judah. But 10 years later, Naomi comes back, and guess what? There are people that are still there that knew her before those people survived the famine those people did not starve to death and if Naomi and her husband and her boys would have stayed in the place that God had for them God would have taken care of them and you may go through a famine you may go through a hard time in your life and you say I don't know how we're going to have money for groceries I don't know how we're gonna have money for rent I don't know how we're gonna have money for the mortgage I don't know how we're going to pay the doctor's bills. I don't know how we're going to do this. Friend, can I tell you, God will supply your needs according to his riches and glory. God will take care of you. David said, I have been young and now I'm old, but I have not seen the righteous forsaken nor his seed begging bread. God will take care of you. Yes, there will be some hard times. Yes, there will be some difficulties. Yes, there will be some famine. But don't bail ship when the going gets tough. Trust God through the hard times. We see the consequences quickly. This is a long introduction. And I promise you I'll give you the message in a hurry. The consequences of sin. I see that Naomi and her family, they missed out on so many blessings. There were 10 years of blessings back home that they missed out on. They forfeited because they, they ran from the things that God had for them. There were relationships that were messed up. I had no idea that Brother Askew was going to say what he said uh, in the words about our anniversary. But I want to say this, you're exactly right. It's so important that you marry, and I'm talking to our young people here today in our our college age, and high school age as you get closer to getting married, it's so important that you marry somebody that is a Christian, somebody that knows the Lord. You see, the Bible says that we are not to be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. Well, because Elimelech and Naomi, they went to Moab, their boys married two girls from Moab. And praise God, Ruth got saved and Ruth gave her life to God and praise God for that. But you don't marry somebody with the hopes that you're going to win them to Christ. You win them to Christ first. You make sure there's a conversion. You make sure that they're saved first before you consider marrying that person. But we see that there are two boys, um, Malon and Chilion. They married these girls from a heathen nation. It affected their family. Naomi made it home, but her husband and boys never did. Then we see in verse number 13, in verse 21, we see that Naomi started to blame God. Now, I'll tell you this. It's amazing when things go well, how we're quick to take all the credit for it. And when things go bad, we're quick to blame God. Friend, don't blame God for the foolish decisions that you make. Don't blame God. Don't blame your parents. Don't blame your pastor. Don't blame the church. Don't blame your friends. When you make a decision to get out of the will of God, you make a decision to do something that is contrary to the word of God. When things don't go well, don't point the finger back and blame God. Look in the mirror and say, God, forgive me. I have sinned. I have done foolishly. But Naomi blames God. Verse number 13, she said, the hand of the Lord is against me. Verse 21, she says, Seeing the Lord hath testified against me and the Almighty hath afflicted me. God didn't do that to her. She did that to herself. Verse number 20, Naomi says, Don't call me Naomi anymore. She said, Instead, I want you to call me Mara. The name Mara means bitter. Now, I've met in my life, and so have you. You've met some bitter people. But most bitter people don't realize it. But Naomi did. She said, I'm bitter and I know it. I'm bitter and I realize it. And friend, don't let bitterness destroy you. Don't let bitterness uh, creep in. And don't let bitterness take over your life or you will destroy every relationship. You'll destroy everything good that God is trying to do just because of bitterness. Hebrews talks about a root of bitterness. Boy, it starts so small, but it takes over your life. Naomi experienced the consequences of sin. But I'm here to tell you that that's not the end of the story. Naomi got right with God. Naomi got back to where she needed to be, and God blessed her, and God used her. And friend, God can use you. Maybe you've wandered far away from God. It's not too late to come home. It's not too late to get right with God. It's not too late to get your life back on track. We see in this passage that Ruth and Orpah Naomi's daughters in law, they are now faced with a choice. Orpah makes the decision to stay in Moab, and I can't say that we would blame her. But for some reason, Ruth makes the decision to go with Naomi to go to the place of Bethlehem, Judah. I want you to notice quickly, and here's the message I see that Ruth made up her mind. She made a decision to follow Naomi. And I want to challenge you today to make a decision to follow Jesus Christ. I'm not asking you to follow a family member. I'm not asking you to follow a pastor. I'm not asking you to follow a a teacher. I'm not asking you to follow a church or a denomination or an organization. But I am challenging you today to follow Jesus no matter what. Number one, I see there was an attachment. Verse number 14, the Bible says that Ruth clave unto her. That word clave, it means to cling. It means to hang on for dear life. And Ruth said, I am not going to let you go. I will follow you. And friend, would you cling to Jesus today? Would you hang on tight to Jesus? Would you get so close to Jesus? And would you get such a grip on Jesus that you say no matter what everybody else does, I will follow him. There must be an attachment. The Bible says in Matthew 6, no man can serve two masters. For either he will hate the one and love the other, or he'll hold to the one and despise the other. But you cannot serve God and mammon. You can't serve both. Orpah, she said, I'm going back home. I'm sticking with my family. Ruth said, I'm forsaking that crowd, and I am following Naomi. I'm clinging to her. Number one, there must be an attachment. Number two, there must be an aim. She said in verse number 15, verse number 16, She said, for whither thou goest, I will go. She said, wherever you're going, Naomi, I'm going with you. She said, I'm not just with you right now and right here, but wherever you go, I am following close behind. And friend, I want to tell you, wherever God leads, would you follow him? When he leads on the mountaintop, would you follow? When he leads through the valley, would you follow When he leads through the sunshine or he leads through the storm, would you follow him? Number one, there must be an attachment. Number two, an aim, a direction. But number three, there must be an abode. Ruth says to Naomi, where thou lodgest, I will lodge. What's a lodging place? It's a place where you stay. Now, some of us are good at following Jesus when it's exciting. Like, let's go. Oh, this is going to be great. I can't wait. But what happens when Jesus says, slow down and stay right here for a while? Some of us are so motivated by something that is new, by something that is exciting, for something that is entertaining. But all that glitters is not gold. And sometimes God will lead you and he'll say, follow. And sometimes God will say, stay right here by me. And we're going to wait this one out. Friend, would you follow the Lord, but would you also stay? Psalm 91, he that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. That word abide there means just to stay put, don't move. And while you're staying, there's a shadow over you. You know what it is? It's the glory of God. It's the presence of God that's over you. Sometimes we say, I can't see the sun. It seems like it's it's a cloudy and it seems like it's dark and it seems like it's dreary and I wish I could see the sun. Well, friend, I got news for you. Sometimes it's not the S-U-N you need to see, it's the S-O-N you need to see. And you need to be under the shadow of the almighty God and wait for him. There must be an abode, there must be a waiting. It's a time of trusting God. We see number one, the attachment. Number two, the aim, the direction. Paul said, I press toward the mark. There's an abode. We wait, we trust, we stay. When God leads, we follow. When he stays, we stay. But then number four, we see there's an association. Ruth says to Naomi, thy people shall be my people. Sometimes we're afraid to identify with a certain group. Now, I will say this. I hope you're not ashamed of me, but I'm not ashamed of you. I love Victory Baptist Church. I'm not afraid to wear a shirt that says Victory Baptist Church or Victory Christian Academy. Um, I would say a bumper sticker, but you never know who's going to be driving your vehicle, you know, so be careful about that. Um, But I'm not ashamed to associate with the people of God. I hope you're not either. I hope you're not ashamed that you're a Christian. I hope you're not ashamed to identify with the Lord. I hope we're not like Peter where Peter denied and he cursed and said, I don't even know Jesus. In 2015, yeah, 2015, it's hard to believe it's been that long ago, the news was filled with stories of 21 men in Africa who were Christians Those 21 men were executed. They they, they filmed that it was a Muslim terrorist group that executed these 21 Christians in Africa. They called these people, they referred to these people as the people of the cross because these 21 men, they would not deny the Lord. They would not deny that Jesus Christ was their savior and they were given opportunity. But they said, we will not deny the Lord. And because of their faith, And their testimony, they were executed. I had heard that story, and I'm sure most of you have. I had never heard this story before. There was one of those men that was not originally a part of the group. There were originally 20. But one man, when he saw the testimony of those 20, one man was converted to Jesus Christ because of the testimony of 20 who were willing to die for their faith. And that last man was added to the group, and they said, we will execute you as well. And they gave him one more chance. They said, would you deny the Lord? Would you deny Jesus Christ? And he said these words. He said, their God is my God. You know what he did? He identified with the people of God. Can I tell you this? We better have an association of people that say we are not an association because of a denomination. We're not an association because of a, a religious affiliation, but we are an association of people that say, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God and the salvation to everyone that believeth to the Jew first and also to the Greek. There must be an association. Ruth said, thy people shall be my people and thy God shall be my God. Number five, there's an authority. You see, God is the one who is our final authority. God is the one that we follow. You say, what about when a person says this and God says this? What about when a church says this and the Bible says this? Well, you side with God every time and you side with the Bible every time and all men are liars, but God is true and God is faithful and he is the one that is our final authority. Number six, quickly, I see there's an ambition. Ruth says, where thou diest in verse 17, where thou diest, will I die. Now, friend, I I love this church, and I'm thankful for Victory Baptist Church. But I have to make a confession to you. I don't see Victory Baptist Church as in one Sunday. I don't see Victory Baptist Church as in one month. I don't say, all right, let's get a lot of people here this Sunday. And I, I want a lot of people here. Please don't misunderstand me. The more people come, the better it is. We want people to come and hear the gospel. We want people to come and get saved. We want people to come and grow. But I don't look at Victory Baptist Church as one year. I look at Victory Baptist Church, and I think that one of these days, if the Lord tarries, it's going to be my funeral. One of these days, if the Lord tarries, it's going to be your funeral. And I want to be able to stand at your funeral. I want you to be able to stand at my funeral, and I want you to be able to say, there's somebody that not only made a decision to follow God, but they kept that decision. They followed till the end. There's a person that was faithful unto death. You see, Christianity is not measured in days or weeks, but Christianity is measured in a lifetime of serving God. And Ruth said, where thou diest, I will die. She said, my ambition, my goal is that when I die, I will still be with you. And friend, when I die, I still want to be with Jesus. When I die, I still want to be following him. 2 Timothy chapter 4, Paul said it like this. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course and I've kept the faith. That is our ambition. But then number seven, I see an accomplishment. Ruth said in verse number seventeen the Lord do so to me, and more also, if aught but death, part thee and me. Verse said, I don't want anything to stand in the way. I don't want anything to get between me and you, Naomi. And I want to say today, I don't want anything to get between me and Jesus. I don't want there to be anything to stand in the way. I want to be able to come to the end of my life and hear, well done, thou good and faithful servant. That's the accomplishment that I'm striving for. You say, but what if you don't get the applause of men? What if you don't get the praise of men? Then so be it. I'm not living for the praise of man. I'm living for the approval of Almighty God. And that ought to be our accomplishment. And then verse number 18, and I'm done. The Bible says that when she saw that she was steadfastly minded to go with her, then she left speaking unto her. Have you ever tried to talk somebody out of something? And even though you thought it was probably the right decision, you just wanted to make sure they were serious about it. Tristan and Madeline, I think people were joking, but even the last week, people were saying things like, are you sure you want to go through with this? Are you sure you're ready for this? Until I think it was the rehearsal day, Madeline, your mom was like, it's too late now, we're going forward, you know. But have you ever tried to talk somebody out of something? And you you probably do it just to make sure that they're serious about it. I think that's what Naomi was doing. I think she was fine for Ruth to come, but I think she wanted to make sure Ruth counted the cost. I think she wanted to make sure that Ruth knew what was involved. The Bible says that when she realized... That Ruth was steadfastly minded. She had made up her mind. Naomi said, okay, I'm not going to talk to you about it anymore. Let's go. And I hope this morning that we will be adamant. Number eight, the word is adamant. I hope we will be adamant and I hope we will be determined. I hope we'll be resolute. I hope we will say, I have decided to follow Jesus and there is nothing that is gonna make me turn back. Friend, that's the decision that we need to make. And would you make up your mind? Say that, Pastor, I'm glad you preached that for the young people. Well, I'm glad I preached it for the young people too. But I think the old people need it. And I think the middle-aged people need it. I think we all need it. But it's time to make up our mind and say, I will follow.